You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again as we continue our coverage of Australian Survivor 2017, season four, season two. Yes, we'll get into this debate perhaps at one point throughout this episode, but uh, another big week it has been. We've had two more episodes in the book, episode six and seven is done and we of course got to come on and talk about it a little bit more you've heard our exit interviews with the eliminated contestants but there's a little bit more to digest i feel and work out what's happening what might happen in the future and just in general waste some of your time by listening to a podcast and i'm very excited to be able to welcome to the very first time to survivor oz the oz network anything with the word oz in it basically uh, a contestant from last season of australian survivor 2016's version he was eliminated third but as i was kind of just uh, talking to him off air, it kind of felt like he was in it for longer because I feel people remember him and that's generally what I feel. You go on Survivor, whether you're first boot, you're the winner, you want to be remembered and you want to come on a podcast later on and probably talk about it. I do speak, of course, of Mr. Evan Jones. Evan, welcome to the Oz Network. Ben, it's uh, terrific to be here. Uh, to be present and speaking to you. And I'll just ask you, you said um, it's good to be remembered. What do you think I was remembered for? Um, You know, you said that maybe it seemed like I was there longer. What hmm. do you reckon I'd be remembered for by the general mug punter? (laughs) Mug punter. Um, Yeah, look, I think you just were overall a memorable character. I mean, it's kind of, I think, hard to... It's not like you did one thing. You didn't lie about your dead grandma or, you know, anything along those lines. No, I was probably getting there, though. Yeah, I mean, you you got a bit too early for that one. You did grandpa (laughs) or something. But, I mean, you know, like, I mean, in the the first episode, you're you're talking about acting, you're going to fake cry, you're going to do this, and all that sort of stuff, and... I just think overall, Evan, you're a, you're a, a memorable guy. Does does that work? Is that sucking up to you enough? Or no, no <laughs> suck up needed. I'll take it. Personality's good. Personally, I would have said that I was the guy with the largest eyebrows. Yes, well, um, I mean, that was my next point. But uh... and, and, I, and I would love to have a lineup or a measure off with uh, Peter. That's on <laughs> you know this season. I actually think that if uh, Craig from season one and I had a child. A love child, which is probably very possible of happening. Right, yep. uh, it might be Peter because oh. I think you know we've got similar personalities and the looks. <laughs> I think if you blend Craig's tan skin and chiseled face with my eyes and eyebrows, it, I think it's Peter. I think it is. Well, I, well, I would want to hope that um, you know at least uh, for the first few years of Peter's life of your baby, that is, uh, that he might yes. be uh, seen and actually remembered that he's on the show. And like the first few episodes with this Peter, uh, we've got yes. to know him a little bit more recently. But uh, <laughs> yes, it's true. At least it's at the true. beginning, uh, <laughs> I was like, "Who, Peter? He's, <laughs> he's on this season." Um, but I mean, just for yourself, I mean, we. We spoke, uh, we had Andrew on for our preview episode and kind of talking to him. I used to always ask this question to the US contestants when we'd get them on after their season and kind of just feel how... How is it for you watching this now? I mean, as a Survivor fan, mm. I guess now watching a season that you've been on it and you can kind of yeah. obviously know all these little insights and everything, how it's done. You see yep. there's Jono on screen, he's not in front of you, all these sort of things. How, how are you finding <laughs> just at least watching this now as a former contestant? It's actually, there's a few parts that I could probably pull apart, but I was actually speaking to Al Rowland uh, just before um, and, you know, we all uh, keep in touch and check on each other and see how we're going and it's funny, like when you go through the process of getting back you sort of ask yourself before you even watch the next season you know what next in my life you know because you, you achieve a life dream mm. it's crazy you don't think it'll happen and you do and then from that process you go through the mental roller coaster of not feeling good feeling okay not feeling good and i'll be honest ben i think about my time on the island or survivor every single day <laughs> um it, it just and not in a negative way uh, but it's always in my mind constantly. Um, not where I don't function, but uh, well, I try to function but anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, and then from that, when the new season came along, my primary thought was is that when I, it got to the stage where the fifty-five days was over, I wanted to sort of just get in touch with the people that had been on the island, purely just to check on their well-being because I knew that it was so tough for a lot of us when we got back. And I thought that I could channel some positivity that way. Um, so it's been really great, actually, as you said, knowing how it goes. Because, like, you know, obviously there's an edit, there's stereotypes they play to. So I don't see it how I probably used to as a Survivor fan. I actually see it with a different lens. Yeah. Uh, and I know that what we see is not always gospel. So when people are painted as a villain, it doesn't mean they're a nasty, awful person. And I generally give everyone that's on there the benefit of the doubt. 
and it's been really nice just sort of touching base with people and saying, listen, I don't want to know anything about the show because I'm a big fan. I don't like being spoiled. Uh, how are you? You know, are you okay? And wow. I'm hoping that, um, well, from what I've heard, that they seem to have been appreciative of that because, you know, when the show starts up, a lot of people want to know stuff for some reason. But for me, it's just been touching base and it's it's been healthy for me. I actually feel like I'm healing where it's ironic, I think, probably when the show came out and you see it advertised, you get a bit of uh, anxiety, not jealousy, anxiety of like, oh, it's coming back and you get those, you know, cold sweats, you know, am I going out there again? I'm not, but I want to be. You've got your regrets that come back. But actually, I've healed incredibly since it's actually started because I've been able to, uh, I believe, maybe mentally help others or at least be a sounding board. And Mm. that's... Yeah, it, it's. I didn't expect that. That's a, uh, I've but, never heard it quite described that way before, Evan. That's a, that's an interesting way of uh, of looking at it. I actually sound like a nicer guy than I probably. You do. Am. Yeah, yeah, I was expecting you to come on here and start crying or something and just trying to like lie to me or something like that. But I mean, you, you're coming across as a very nice, charming, decent human being, Evan. You, I you're know, surprising. But- Listen, that will change. Yeah, good. I'm All sure. right. Yeah. As the podcast goes on. I'll mention but, some of the uh, characters, contestants' names in this season. You'll be like, oh, God, fucking Adette. <laughs> Who is she? Like, what is she doing out there? Uh, I mean, did you get much reception from these guys, like the ones that you reached out to? Did many of them sort of respond back to you? Um, yeah, like everyone that I've sort of sent out. And I've been doing it gradually. You know, I haven't, like, tried to go out and contact every single person. Um, but, you know, just sort of through the social media thing, you send a message out just to say, hey, um, welcome to the family. I hope you're okay. And if, if you need anything, uh, yell out. And yeah, of course, you know, people reply because they're all nice people. And then others at some stage might need to, you know, talk about stuff. So they do. Others just normal chit chat, like we're just two people that aren't even talking about Survivor. Mm. Um, and, and then obviously, if something happens on the show, like I sent, uh, sent Luke a message the other night because I'm, I'm loving him. You know, I'm, I'm just absolutely loving him as a TV viewer. Um, like I sent him a message the other night just saying, I, I appreciate your genuine soul. And, you know, and then he'll shoot me one back saying, you know, mad dog or good on your brother. Um, so it's not like, you know, talking or analyzing the show or gossiping. It's more just like a, I, I just see it as the start of a friendship. That's what I see. Hmm. And you just hope that none of them reply to you going, I'm sorry, who are you? Uh- <laughs> well, hey, it's actually nice to actually have an alliance for once. Yeah. Um, well, you know, an alliance that, you know, lasts longer than three days. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, it's nice. Yeah. And then overall, I guess, uh, three weeks in into this season, uh, are you enjoying it just as a fan? Yeah. So, it's, it's actually interesting because you, I don't actually know what's going to happen as opposed to, you know, myself being on or having a, a fair knowledge when I was on, uh, it, it is refreshing that, you know, you can be shocked. Um, I'm a, obviously, I'm a big fan and I'm a big on editing. So generally, I can pick most episodes who's going just through the edit. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's some real telltale signs when someone pops up or, you know, someone says something at the start and all that. But, uh, you yeah, know, I have enjoyed it. I, I really have and sort of switching off. And I'm try- since I've been on, and as I said before, I, I see the, I actually see that they are just people and it's not exactly the stereotype we're seeing. I'm trying to enjoy everyone for who they are and their strengths more so than their weaknesses, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like when, you know, when Luke burst onto the screen, my initial thought was, Oh my God, how is this guy going to (laughs) last? Um, but then I thought, no, 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 that would be the old me without having being on it. So I'm just, I might just change my whole mindset. I'm like, this guy is hilarious. And then I hope what Australia sees is what they're actually seeing with Luke. Very intelligent man and a, and a very kind and caring person. And I think he's actually quite strategic. Uh, maybe we'll digress a bit later, but I actually think he's done a lot better than what people probably think in, in the general public. I definitely want to hear that uh, side of the, uh, the opinion because, uh, yeah, my side of Luke hasn't necessarily swayed <laughs> that way. But uh, we'll, we'll no doubt find out that. I mean, I, I guess... Um, kind of too in, in sort of in watching how this is all put together and, and just like as you're saying with the edit because I mean yep. long term family I mean, look I've never played the game yet uh, you know season mm. 3 winner clearly or season 5 winner whatever you want to call it yep. um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give the name Ben a good name they will show yes. me 
Uh, <laughs> so, oh, poor Benny boy. It's unfair, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, How he yeah. just popped out of nowhere last episode. And I think everyone was happy. They were like, yes, we get to see him. Well, even the Australian Survivor Twitter account, actually, as soon as he had a confessional, put up, hey, everyone, meet Ben. <laughs> so, <laughs> even, <laughs> even Channel 10 are sort of playing uh, playing along uh, with the joke. But, I mean, it, it, it must be, I always kind of, as I was saying, like in talking to the US contestants and just that inside knowledge, I guess, in terms of how it's edited. Because, I mean, as players, you can never know how it's oh. going to be. I mean, you can have this amazing picture in your head about what you're going to be shown. Like, I'm sure yep. Ben came home and thought, oh, I did this, I did that. Yep. Oh, they're going to yep. show this. How fantastic yep. was I? He's sitting around his coach and his like, uh, couch and his parents and his friends. Like, Ben, were you actually out there? Did you just <laughs> lie to us? Did you go off to, like, Vegas for, like, 55 days and not actually play this? Because, I mean, I guess yeah. kind of you can you can see that. And that's what I always yeah. find fascinating about sort of ex-contestants, the season directly after they've played. Because you can be a huge yeah. fan beforehand, but when you play it, that's again, true. you've got that insight. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. And, uh, yeah, I, I reflect, all of us reflect, uh, and, and, and season two would reflect, where you go, why didn't they show that? But um, I, I, I personally believe is that it, it depends who wins. Yeah. So whoever wins, they've got to tell their narrative. And also, too, I, I think with Australian Survivor, because it does go for so long, like 55 days is a long time, I, I think the stories, there's two stories. There's the very obvious pre-merge story, and then there's the post-merge. And I know that happens in American Survivor, but I think it's probably a little bit more obvious in the Aussie one because it's so long. So I think a lot of the characters we're seeing early, unfortunately, they might not go as long or their stories will go away for a little bit and then they'll come back at the end. So uh, that might bode well for Ben, you know, or, or it might not. But uh, it, it might depend on who the winner is. So if the winner didn't really have anything to do with Ben or suit their arc, maybe that's why. I'm yeah. not sure. There's yeah. still hope that this fellow can take it out, though. It's probably going so, to come down as, like, the greatest Survivor player in the history of Survivor. <laughs> good. Good. D- maybe the deepest voice at the moment out of everyone out there. Yeah, the possibly. Voice. And the most beautiful yes. hair. I mean, God, that yeah. hair is just incredible, is it not? Yeah, it is. It's, it's sort of like uh, Rowan and a coconut yeah. sort of had an affair out there. And it's, it's We're setting up lots there. of couples here, Evan. Uh, yourself yeah, uh, and Craig, hey, Rowan and I'm, Ben and a coconut. I'm all over it. T- Tarzan and Lee Castle dying. Hey, uh, hey, they get a whole net out of it. We just, we, you know, you know we, yeah. yeah. Everyone with John O'Lapalia because yes, everybody yeah. wants to be with those guns. I mean, that's true. Clearly. That's true. Clearly, that's the case. I mean, obviously, we're going to, like, touch, sort of go over, you know, both of these episodes. Because, I mean, I, I think sort of what I found with these two episodes in general, it, it wasn't there was a, a whole lot going on compared to some weeks, but there was still enough, obviously, that there were things going on and we can, you know, record a yeah. record a podcast on it, I guess. But, uh-huh. I mean, this, these two episodes obviously were, you know, the fall of the Sam and Mark little pair, you know, Lee and L 2.0, some people were calling them. Yep. But, uh, yep. sadly, they're not in it right to the end. Happily, they're still together, and we're just going to wait to see which one gets a Holden ad. But I, that's I, true. Yeah, <laughs> has Lee picked you up in a Holden yet? I, ser- I swear to God, that ad is on every like five times a commercial break. <laughs> I, I love it. I love that it's on. I love seeing his face, and um, I, I also think it's quite ironic that a lot of people weren't happy with Lee winning, and I think it's fantastic that there is a reminder of that every every time they watch Survivor, and because I love Leroy, uh, he's a great mate. And I, I think it's like a big up yours to all those that had a sook about him. I think, well, here he is every night. You know, he did it, um, and now he's got a Holden. He's, so, he's getting a bigger edit than Ben and Adette this season. So. He is. He is. <laughs> so, he is. And I, did, I actually liked it. Uh, it was like a week ago or so we uh, we tweeted out about uh, the ad, and I, I, I tagged both Christian and Lee in it. And Christy replied very smartly saying, like, well, you know about the car curse in Survivor, so he can keep it. I won the game. So I was like, well played. You, you got me there. That's a good That's a good reply. So Christy's yeah. still on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> still after this. But I, I guess kind of one thing that has been great about these two episodes is even though up until this week it was really Summertow going to Tribal Council every week, essentially, but it didn't mm. really feel as one-sided as that, did it? Because these challenges have been so close. And some yeah, well, have only we're, we're, just been losing. And now this week, given yeah. that we've lost two Asunga members, it's very much evened it out. And we've got a very tight season up until this point. We do. And, you know, when the, the challenges are quite good when someone's not throwing them yeah. as well. That, or that's trying when to. It's, that's, yeah, exactly. That's when it's um, quite interesting. Oh, early days, the challenges are always done where, uh, yes, it's physical, but the puzzle's always the great equaliser. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And um, here's a fun fact, all right? Here's a very interesting thing. Last season, people said Rowan McLaren was quite dumb. Now, he wasn't. He was okay. a smart man. And at one of our first tribals, he actually said, the puzzle is the great equaliser, okay? Ah. He actually said that quote, and LP repeated it the other night. Wow. Fun okay. Fact. So, I Rowan quotes. Hashtag Rowan yeah. quotes. Why, why Hashtag- isn't that trending? I know, I know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the puzzles sort of get people to catch up and, uh, you know, obviously there seems to be more physical uh, competitors this year than last year. I think across the board there's a higher average of maybe muscular or, you know, fitness freaks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Challenge has been great. I, I'm just blown away at how they design them and roll them out and, you know, seeing it, how much effort goes into it and how, much, how many crew there are at, I just think it must be so rewarding for them to see it on the on the screen. Mm, and that's that's definitely something that I think a lot of people are talking about is the challenges. And, I mean, I've said constantly throughout this season that I think these challenges that we've seen so far in this season, uh, you know, top any US season we've seen at least the yeah. last five seasons, have been yep. amazing. Because I really feel Survivor has gotten to a point now uh, where you're watching it and you really don't care for the challenges that much anymore because it's generally yeah. your stock standard, run yeah. out, get some puzzles, yay, cool. And then the yep. in- individual section, it's just they're just constant endurance challenges. Whereas, I mean, yeah. so far this season, I, I realised we had a couple of repeat ones, like with the, the mud wrestling one and the sort of the pole walking one. But I guess yeah. they're still ones that we haven't seen in a while on the US one, so they still feel fresh. But the the new ones that we had, I mean, I still can't keep um, talking about the, the rugby one the other week where they're sliding down that thing. And not just because we saw Lockie's ass. I mean, that was great. That's but true. Like, it was That's still true. a great challenge. Mm. No, 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 it was. And uh, it, it has to be fresh because... Yeah, you know, you're right. You do get a bit. Oh, I remember there was. Oh, I can't remember which American season it was, but there was one where I think every second one you were just like, "Oh, I've seen this before." Yeah, you know. So you need some abbreviations, and I, you know, I, I hope that I'm not sure if they'll do it, but the sooner that the Australian one starts hiding idols in challenges, the better. Because yeah, I really oh, loved sure. how America's America's done that. That's reinvigorated a little bit and brought that extra bit of uh, conflict. Because that's what we want to see as audience. Yeah, because instead of just like fighting over cookies, um, which <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a weird one. Yeah, which kind of went nowhere, did it not? Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, who knows? It might return. It was it, it was return. it was interesting. I guess I, I guess we could probably really just clear out Summer Tower pretty quickly in this recap because I mean, it's, it, unlike every other week we've talked about this show so far, it's all been Summer yeah. Tower, Summer Tower, Summer Tower. This time, yeah. it's kind of the opposite. We only really, obviously, got the repercussions of the Amy vote with Tara sort of losing it, Lockie kind of being slightly calm, and it was it was a very good. I felt. Um, sort of comparison in these two episodes at the beginning, how, you know, Tara and Mark at the beginning of both episodes clearly weren't happy with how things turned out. And you've got Tara sort of losing her shit. um, And yet Mark clearly very angry because we see that confessional about, you know, I'm I'm ropal, I'm I'm very angry, but he can kind of calm it down. Now, you've played the game, Evan. You realise that it's a social game. Uh, How do you look at the Tara and Mark situation? Clearly it's a bit different. Mark's out of the game now, but how's that going to affect Tara, do you think, long term? Well, it just, you know, if Tara gets a swap, she's fine. Mm-hmm. Like that, I honestly think she is because she's, as much as people probably think she's abrasive, she does seem like she can create relationships. So she creates relationships and then she burns them. That's what we're seeing so far. So I don't know. I've got a vibe that Tara might go far. I don't know. Uh, I've just got this vibe because she can create relationships but burn them and sometimes they're good people to keep around because, you know, you, you want them sitting next to you because the jury won't vote for them. Uh, but... You know, Mark, uh, I got the opportunity to meet Mark a few times, and he's a very smart man. I, I think I was I was really happy to see last episode that they actually showed how switched on he was. Because uh, even though, you know, special forces, I think there's that thought that, oh, here's this, this, this big meathead, and Survivor's going to eat him up. Well, no. You know, like if Mark was on our season, he could have won easily. Uh, yeah, it just depends who you're with. Um, so I was glad to see him you know, wheel and deal. Yeah, you're right. You've got to keep your emotions in check. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's weird. Sometimes when people lose the plot, it's it changes things. Like you actually think that, well, what happens if Mark, well, let's, let's think about this. What happens if Mark lost the plot mm. and he got really revved up? That might have actually changed some of the people that were sitting on the fence. Yeah. You yeah, know, and, point. and the opposite, Tara maybe staying calmer, she could have got her, maybe got herself back in. It's funny, isn't it? You know, Mark played the real, I, I think, the smart approach. I think he did the, the smartest thing for his game. Uh, and and I, I don't know. I, I think that 
I don't know how it's going to go, but I think some might regret that they had an opportunity that that tribal with him, but they didn't take it. So yeah, yeah, no emotions in check, but it's the survivor gods. They, they don't they don't discriminate. Very much with so. emotion. Yeah, and all. the thing is too, which I guess is is interesting when you can compare, I guess, situations that we've seen in the in the US one. I mean, it's it's kind of this is the beauty of Survivor is that there is never a clear cut way of winning the game. I mean, you look at the most recent season in the US with Sarah. Uh, was oh, it like yeah. final five, yeah. final six, and she kind of came yeah. back to tribal and she just completely lost it after Sari sort of tried to play that idol again, uh, the the clue against yeah. her. And yet she goes on to win the game. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Game Changers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting how that works. Yet you think of some other, you know, versions like, I mean, Rupert yelling at Johnny Fairplay, who the hell voted yeah. for me? And just things like that, you know, it doesn't well, necessarily I, I always any, work. any season Sandra's been on, she yeah, loses it. exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of, this is the thing where, and the thing that I find interesting about Tara, and it's kind of, she's, she's this very polarizing player in that so many people seem to be really anti Tara online because, she yeah. can come across slightly hypocritical in the fact that she's complaining mm. about people flipping and she's complaining yeah. about people doing this when she's kind of done the same thing. But again, yeah. this being Survivor, it's kind yeah. of hard to get to a certain point of the game where you can't kind of almost not be hypocritical, if that makes sense. Oh, and you've, you've got to believe in your convictions. And it's uh, what's ironic is the people that believe in their convictions, whether they're right or wrong or, you know, too emotionally reactive, they generally tend to go further. So even if you look at Henry at the moment, like I, I don't personally, uh, as a player, believe what he's doing at the moment is going to be the smartest for him long term. I don't think it's the smartest approach. Uh, but he's very strong in his convictions. So sometimes you go further when you really stick to what you want to do instead of doubting yourself or, or not showing your hand. It's funny. Everyone goes in there trying to be secretive and smoke and mirrors, but often you've got to have a very, very clear public perception at least of what you're doing so that you are perceived as being readable. It's it's that's why it's a great social study. Yeah, and it's it's intriguing, I think, too, with the, the Henry and Jackie situation that, you know, a week ago or so we're talking about how keep an eye out for them you know they're no one's kind of noticing them as this power couple you know very malcolm and denise-esque from philippines and kind of just keep an eye on it and then kind of these two episodes have really unmasked them now as a power couple and obviously they're going after mark and sam they've achieved their goal but mark mm. and his fantastic uh tribal council performance before he gets voted out yeah calling yeah. them out and we we obviously talked to him a little bit about that in in our exit interview with him saying like you know you've called them out now this you've at least gone out with unseating yes. this couple and clearly on the preview it looks like that is going to cause uh, a bit of an interesting situation at Asanga moving forward. Yeah, there's yeah, obviously there's going to be repercussions, and I liked, I just liked. That's why you know maybe I don't know when you want to talk about it. Like obviously you've yeah, got a every any with, any moment you want to bring it well, up. Well, uh, obviously this is, got a this is the Oz Network. Well, there's no structure. Yeah, here. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> you know, obviously you've got a thought about how Lukey Boy's going about it. I've got my thoughts, but I just thought that in terms of. Uh, moves. I actually, even though the numbers didn't go with him, I actually really appreciated what Luke was trying to do because it seems like, and he wouldn't have been the only one, but from what we've been seeing, Luke was the only one to sort of say, well, hang on. Apparently there was a couple here. Well, there's another couple here and Henry and Jackie. We've got to do something about this. And I think what maybe people misunderstand with Luke is because he's all the, you know, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, people look at his confessional and think this guy isn't smart. Yet every time I see him sort of talking every now and then, he's got a very endearing way of talking to people and sort of putting across a point. Like the way he spoke to Mark, I was really impressed with. Uh, it was very measured, very considered, uh, you know, and, and sometimes we don't see everything. So I think there's still growth for Luke. Hmm. Like he's not being played as a complete jester, you know, like a, a jester would just be this dumb guy that's got no idea what's going on. Whereas I think he's, I, I think he's very switched on. And I, I think what we're seeing in confessionals is just hilarious. It's TV gold. So they can't not show it. It's a good way of putting it. Look, uh, anyone who's listened to this show in the last few weeks can clearly understand that I I couldn't stand Luke and I said some very nasty things about him in the last few weeks. But look, I'll, I'll say it. Like, he's still a bit of a dickhead. I mean, look, we're Australian. We all, you know, we all love each other. We're all mates and everything, I guess. But I mean, the one thing I, I think Luke has calmed down. 
I think Luke has definitely calmed down to a point where everything that you were saying there, I basically agree with. I'm, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of just what he goes on about stuff, but I think where a couple of weeks ago I was kind of saying that I think Luke was doing it more for, like, entertainment factor. Like, he's aware of what he's saying and doing because, you know, he knows it's going to get attention because he's self-aware and it might yep. not necessarily come across as a strategy. It was kind of, to me, like what Tony was doing in the last season where he was basically, I'm not going to win this game. I'm just going to go out and have fun and, you know, get attention. Mm. And I think Luke was doing that early on, but I definitely feel now like he has calmed down. He's self-aware. Everyone who we've talked to from Asunga, and I asked them the question, what the fuck's the deal with Luke? Every single person has said, I like Luke. Luke is a nice guy. Luke is this. And that's the type of thing you want in Survivor. Even if you're a a larrikin in your confessionals and you're saying, I'm the boss and all this sort of stuff. I mean, to compare it, you go back to their very first tribal council where for whatever reason, he's like, no, man, it's all about me. Let's go after Kent. You know, fuck Joan. Like, that was just, what the hell? Whereas this Mm. time around, it was done in such a calmer manner. So while I personally still think Luke's a bit of a dickhead, I think that he's definitely calmed down to the fact that I think that, yeah, you're right, I think that people will underestimate him, and particularly if we're due a switch soon, I mean, that just opens mm-hmm. up a whole other can of worms for him. That's true. Now, when you say dickhead, what do you mean by dickhead? What's oh, your criteria? You know, like a, a pain in the ass, but I mean, that's a good way. Like, <laughs> t- TV gold, TV gold, uh, yeah. I will say, Evan, I, I will not step by that. I mean, I guess from the on, on perspective of that, he's like, in the real world, Luke is a guy that I would not get along with. Uh, and mm. that would just what give me the shit. How, how, how do you know? Yeah, because, you know, those type of guys usually kick the shit out of me in high school. So. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, a, that's a shame. That's a shame. But, well, yeah. maybe maybe the representation on TV shows something else. So uh, you might be surprised. I but think Australia a, yeah, yeah. might be surprised too. Often sometimes when you get quite strong characters at the start, sometimes on TV they, they mellow out and you see a different side of them. So... Yeah. Hold up hope, Ben. Don't give up well, thank on you. Luke thank you, and Evan. your relationship with Luke. Do <laughs> yes. not give up. I, I constantly said that when he got voted out, the first thing I'd open up line with on an exit interview is like, look, you're a bit of a dickhead. But, like, I don't think, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've always hoped that somebody would hang up on us. But I honestly, and this is, like, why I say it the way I say it, is that Luke, to me, seems like the type of guy that you could, like, he could listen to this and go, like, yeah, man, that's fine. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, it's not something that any podcast host, particularly myself, is not saying it as complete malice. It's just kind of like... He annoys the shit out of me. His character on TV annoys the shit out of me. But as a guy, he's probably a good mm. guy. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's yeah. kind of it's it's interesting from that perspective. But like in all seriousness, I I definitely agree with I think what you said, and I think that he's going to be interesting the way he's he's going about things now. Because particularly if you look at the vote, clearly with him and Jericho voting, um, you know, obviously not with the majority how that's going to play forward because, you know, I, there's got to be a switch soon. There has to be a switch soon with the numbers that we've got. And, I mean, look, yeah, having said true. that, there might not be, and that could be the twist, which would be interesting in itself. But you'd think with a twist, it's going to really make things different. Oh, well, clearly, that's obviously how this game works. Captain Obvious moment there, Ben. But I think it's kind of just going to be interesting to see when that might come and how Jericho and Luke handle this moving forward. Yeah, I, th- I think they've got scope. I hope they're around when there's some type of switch because I think they could be... If they're together, they're an important duo that seem quite loyal to each other and would, I think, probably look at what's around them and maybe slink behind. Uh, But, you know, if they're separated, you know, it could be a larger character that they... Because they're both pretty large characters in their own right. Um, So I, I just hope they keep their heads together and they can be patient because it seems at the moment there's quite a few people that don't want to be patient. Um, Now might be ironic from someone like myself because I know it is it is tough out there to be patient. It's very tough. And your patience can, like, evaporate in five seconds. Like, you can be incredibly Mr. Miyagi for, for a while and then it can it can disappear quite quickly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Like, you know, from the edit, he, he might have been patient, but it seems like Henry hasn't been patient at all. Like, he's had this vendetta built up for so long that he needs to get rid of two people. Um and then when the opportunity came, it was like, yep, got to get this done, got to get it done. And then, and then you know, so Sam went and then had to follow it up with Mark. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's tough out there. You know, like people have different agendas, but regardless, you do run out of patience eventually. Where, and it, it, I think that's the key. So that's why someone like Tess, is in, she's in, been very, very impressive. Um, she seems like she's got incredible tolerance and resilience because she's just been 
taken the hands that have been dealt with her, but not getting too far ahead of herself when it's gone her way either. Yeah, it's it's interesting kind of seeing it in these episodes too, when all of a sudden you'll get people saying like, it's time to play the game, or I came here to make big moves. And, you know, it's it's your general Survivor tropes, you know, you're going to have people like that. And Survivor is a game that, of course, can be won with big moves, but it's not necessarily always about that. I mean, look at Christy last season. I mean, she didn't necessarily make a big move that, like, someone like AK is talking about, you know what I mean? And yeah. she then got to final yeah. tribal council and was able to very strategically defend how she got there. And kind mm. of that's, again, at the end of the day, how you need needs to win Survivor. And, I mean, it's interesting looking at some of these players, and you were mentioning before about, you know, you've always been sort of able to read the edit. And I guess that's what we do on podcasts and fans will do. We attempt our best to read the edit. Yeah. And I, I think two ones that I'm looking looking out on right now kind of base if we're going to try and be strategic and you know analyze the edit jackie was always one that i was keeping an eye on and i think um i mean obviously it's going to be dependent on how this plays out with her and henry she's obviously being a bit of a target coming after her but i mean something like the monopoly quote that we got which i mean everybody was buzzing about that monopoly quote it was trending on twitter and it was just it was crazy and mm. then the other person that I was really looking at, and it's interesting to say this name because I'm a fan of her and we yep. didn't really haven't seen too much of her, but when we do, we get a bit of substance with her and that's Ziggy. And there was yeah. one of, I, I can't remember if it was in the first or second episode this week, we got that whole little section where she was in the water and she was kind of talking a little bit about strategy. It just kind of seemed misplaced. Mm. It didn't really yep. need to be there because we weren't seeing too much of Summer Tao. But it's yep. those little moments that just kind yes. of, you're thinking to yourself, well, she's going to go far or she's going to play yep. a part in this at some point because yep. why are we seeing that? So I don't know well, in terms no, of Jackie I, and Ziggy what you're, you're seeing with those two, but that was just two obs- observations yeah. that I made. Well, I think, um, you know, obviously Ziggy's got, uh, probably an advantage with her past sporting career uh, compared to others. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, uh, she seems very switched on. And once again, she seems like a patient person, patient because we haven't seen her. Uh, but then when we have seen her, it, it seems like she's been waiting. Uh, Jackie, it's interesting. The first time Jackie, I think, spoke in the confessional, it was sort of you got that villain undertone mm-hmm. or, or you got that tone that maybe she won't be liked by everyone. So, personally, I can't see Jackie winning from the edit. I'm not saying that she can't from the game, but uh, the edit's telling me that she might go far. But, yeah, uh, might not, I think might for not, far. Might not I, win. Yeah, mm. the, the, the one, one bit that I found interesting, though, was uh, in speaking to Sam yesterday and even Mark this morning, that they... I mean, I don't know, again, if this was just their viewpoint because they weren't aligned with her and they kind of helped to vote her out, but Sam was kind of not that high on how Jackie was playing and she basically said the edit was being very kind to her in terms of showing what was happening. And this, Mm. I don't know if you watched Survivor New Zealand. Um, I did. You did. did. Here's a comparison for you. Jackie and Barb. Yeah, it's interesting. And I'm not just saying that because they're older females. I just, I can kind of see Jackie as someone similar to how Barb will end up. Well, Barb. Barb said it how it was. Yeah. Um, and, and she was very matter-of-fact. And maybe the difference is, is I never saw Barb as having too much power, mm. whereas I think Jackie already looks like someone that can have power and be fairly fairly aware of it. Uh, I was interested that her and Henry, their little exchange with finding the idol, it seemed like she was pretty happy for him to have it, uh, like she didn't scramble for it or fight. And I, and I thought that showed... Are quite good insight. I think some people have said, oh, she was a bit weak there. Like, she just let him grab it. But do you want to fight, you know? Or do you want to make the other person think that you're very solid? Yeah, I got I got Phoebe Rohan shaves there straight away, but clearly we're not seeing <laughs> kind of similar how, like, it happened with those two. So, yeah. yeah. that's that's It's a very good point, actually, that she kind of was just like, hey, and that's something that hasn't been brought up again. And, like, I was thinking, would she play the idol or something along those lines, mm-hmm. given that, you know, her name was sort of being whispered out there. But, again, that's something that... People on a sung aren't aware that they've got it, so yes. that's that's obviously something that you've got to factor into what will yep. happen with these two, I guess, moving forward. Mm. Yeah, no, it's true. So it'll be, yeah, yeah very interesting to see what's coming up. Yeah, very for sure. It's going to shake up, surely. Now, we're going to get to some of these listener questions in a sec, Devin, because yeah. we've got some very yeah. interesting ones here. But, I mean, I sort of mentioned to you off air about our rating system. And, again, we sort of we lump things together. Again, we, we're kind of all over the shop. This is the Oz Network. This is what we generally do. Uh, but before I before I get to the ratings, just, again, a couple of the other ones that we just maybe haven't mentioned that I guess are probably worth a little bit of a mention. Uh, Lockie, obviously, everybody loves Lockie. Lockie is just demigod amongst men. Um, <laughs> but I actually like Lockie. But... <laughs> 
don't know if that came across as incredibly sarcastic. Um, <laughs> but I think it's what is interesting this week is we didn't get obviously see as much because Samatau clearly were, were winning. But Lockie's position obviously got a little bit lessened uh, with the whole uh, vote out last week with uh, Amy and kind of obviously yeah. that alliance, uh, you know, him and, and Elise uh, sort of sort of down near the bottom there. How do you think, like, again, a switch can obviously change yep. things up, but if it was to stay this way for a little bit, Samatau mm-hmm. lose again, are they going to target Lockie, do you think? Because AK was very adamant about doing that, but then obviously held yeah. back to go after Amy. Yeah, well, I'd say um, what's interesting about AK is I think everyone's been a bit, they've been really wrapped up in the moves that he's making because I suppose last year there, it didn't seem like there was any that were shown or quite often, you know, like it, whereas it started with a bang where they've been showing him playing quite hard. But I, I think with AK, what people might miss is that it's not like he's just this villain guy doing things for the sake of things. He's actually quite switched on. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't actually know whether Lockie would be his next target. So even though he might have said that, um, what is the sense of getting rid of Lockie now when you've still got some other stronger male competitors on the other tribe? So Lockie might be worth keeping around for a little bit and try and think about it in the mindset too. If they did go to a merge, uh, it seems the way people are playing. And, you know, when they get back to the mats, they can see the threats are going. So perhaps, you know, maybe in AK's mind and others, they might think, well, if we keep him and we do go to emerge, that's another target for someone else to take out. Because if Henry's getting rid of a mark and heads will turn when that happens, the next one, I would imagine, uh, you know, AK and crew might think, geez, if we keep Lockie around, surely he won't last if he's with Henry. So there's all different thoughts there. So I'd be more worried about the Annalise types. Yeah, because is what can she bring to AK and his crew at the moment? For sure, and I'm pretty uh, sure. I'm pretty sure Annalise from memory was my winner's pick. I I know I got I, my winner's I, pick I, very I, early I, out, and I think it was an I really ace. Like I think her. it's Annalise. I, liked I like her too. Yeah, I liked it instantly when she compared Lockie to a mountain. I just thought that was really <laughs> accurate. So. Uh, and Lockie caught a shark the other the other day. And, Do you call and it a I, shark? I mean, that was more I, of like a, a miniature I'm, fish, was it not? I'm uh, calling it a sh- I'm calling it a shark <laughs> because on my last day, I almost caught a shark. Oh. So if that's a shark, I'm going to say that it, it that was the same as the shark I was after. Now that's so, something I want to see. I mean, Lockie, you expect to catch a shark. Yeah, you probably yeah. not. So <laughs> no, and and that's I don't. We're all got stereotypes too. They're never yeah. going to show a type like me doing a lot of work around camp, like I did or trying to light fires, it, because that doesn't suit the story um, or, or my stereotype. But uh, I, I caught a crab. I caught oh. a crab and a lizard when I was out there. Um, but, you know, that's how it goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, Lockie getting the shark, that was exciting. Yeah, well, I mean, instant Tom Westman char- uh, characteristics yeah. there, was it not? You yeah. know, so yeah. clearly Lockie's going to win based on that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was pretty epic. And I love the fact that when they get to the next challenge, it's like, yeah, caught a shark. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, as if you're not going to brag about that, come on. <laughs> well, um, there was an interesting, like, you know, sort of motive-wise, you know, Lockie gets the shark, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then it was I picked up AK's facial expression when he was looking at him getting the shark. Of course, he wasn't happy. Because, you know, you don't want to see Lockie succeeding from where AK's position is. And is that a little bit of foreboding that Lockie's eventually going to take down the shark at some stage? Maybe. Who knows? Well, that's, Who knows? that's interesting. We used to take note of that when we used to do some of our commentaries of the old US seasons. And mm. there'd be a random sort of quick little cut to a snake before or a funnel all of a sudden. Web spider or something. Yeah. Like Just the subtle little editing. So... <laughs> That's uh, that's a that's a good pick up there, Evan. I, I'd be interested to see how that uh, that mm. plays out. So yeah, we'll and have... keeping in mind, I'm, I'm being incredibly honest. When I was on Survivor, I lied all the time. Yeah, but um, but with podcasts, I don't lie. Well, that's, so that's, when, that's, I, when, yeah. I, when I say that I absolutely have no idea how this season's going to play out, I mean that I've got absolutely no idea. Well, I, 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 like, this is a legitimate question because I don't even know. Are there actually spoilers out there for this season? I haven't seen any on the internet, but I mean. Uh, no, but I, but I imagine what would happen is if, you know, some people like talking to current contestants. Yeah. And, you know, all it takes is a few loose lips and some people try to connect dots. And then if they tell someone else or they speak to a friend, it sometimes word of mouth gets out. Um, so, there, I don't know. I, I don't think on any large scale there would be. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it. I mean, the one thing that was I found interesting in the in Game Changers that I, I, I'm the same as you, don't like spoilers, but um, when I was in the US and I was actually staying with one of the former contestants and I wasn't podcasting at the time, I'd taken a little bit of a break 
and she said to me, do you want to know spoilers for next season? I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm not podcasting about it. I don't care. So, like, I was actually told basically how it all turned out. I started podcasting again. So, I knew the final throw. I knew Sarah won. And, of course, every week I'm like, how about Sarah? What do you think she'll do? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, like, trying to. I think I did well, actually, to be honest. But, yeah, Yeah. hands up. I'll admit, I knew what happened last season, like, at the beginning. So, But this Mm. time, yeah, I don't know anything. So, yeah. No, that's good. Just before I get to these listener questions, Evan, I'll just get you quickly to to rate these two episodes. So, as I kind of mentioned to you off air, it is uh, our rating system is buy it. You loved the episode. Rent it. You're like, it was okay. I'd rent it. Blockbuster video. That's still a thing in some places. And bin it. Hated it. Was shit. Never want to see it again. So, we'll start off with Sunday's episode, episode six of the entire season. What were your overall take on it? Did you buy it? Would you rent it? Or would you bin it? Uh, I would probably, with that one, uh, rent it, yeah, because yep. I, I wouldn't mind watching it again. Uh, there was there was things in it. It wasn't the most amazing episode, um, but there was enough in there that might tell a story later on. So I would like to watch it again. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm renting it as well. I think I, I think kind of what we've seen from the, I mean that first week, Bordel Three. I thought they were epic, and I kind of think like these the last ones we've had by renting it similar like you said you'd want to see it again but it's not necessarily up there in terms of the most memorable yeah. of all time of, of yes. survivor so yeah. i'm with yeah. you there on the sunday i'm renting it what what about uh monday's episode what would you do with that well one? well mondays not that it was the most amazing episode but i would buy it and i'd mm. buy it for the following reasons one so i could keep seeing mark's amazing uh, leather jacket <laughs> two two would be because i actually think it's one that people come back to and see many people's games going wrong from that vote out, hmm. I think I think it'll be one where people look back on and go, "Geez, it didn't didn't turn out too well after that one." That is a good way of looking at it. I like that. Yep. Um, I'm still going to rent it, but you nearly swayed me there. I also I, I love Mark's Tribal Council. Like I was watching yep. that guy. God, if I was on the jury, I'm voting for him right now. Like that. Yeah. Was- yeah. epic the ownership i said to him in the in the exit interview i'm like you need to get into like law or public debating <laughs> or something because that is amazing but um, well he's a, he, i was laughing with him he's a star wars fan so it was some ah. full-on jedi mind tricks were going on there there you go i didn't know the star well, wars section there yeah, all right yeah, wow yeah. okay well yeah i'm gonna rent that one too but uh yeah interesting interesting to say the least now listener questions as always every week if you've got listener questions for our guests just uh, stay tuned to our social media you'll see who we've got and you, too, can ask questions to our guests. Now, a few here, as always, some of these do get um, answered throughout yep. the uh, episode. But our first one here from Jean. Uh, thanks, Jean, for your question. She says, I am so convinced Adette's lack of screen time is due to her getting the L treatment. If you Ooh. noticed, her five seconds of screen time on Sunday's episode saw her swearing in the reward challenge. Looks like she has a potty mouth and half her confessions are not likely to be seen. But do you guys think the lack of Adette and Ben in general has to do with them going far? That the people were seeing so much on screen for seven episodes, uh, meaning some will not last that long. We kind of did touch on that, but I guess all jokes aside yep. about Invisible Adette and Ben, yep. uh, I mean, anything really else to add on kind of what we've already talked about with those two? Oh, I suppose all I would say is that there have been some really big personalities so far and they've got to sell those stories. Like you've got to get everything you can out of, out of Tarzan before he goes. Oh, poor Tarzan. Uh, yeah. Um, you've, and you know, they had to get everything they could, um, out of the first few boots, like Joan and Adam, like they have to tell that story. And if you're not on that tribe, that's losing, you don't see the other people. Uh, so I would say that, you know, like someone like Peter, we're not seeing a lot of either, but we will continue to see them. Uh, as it pops up like if they're not involved in a move you, there's no point to show them hmm. uh and but that doesn't mean that they won't pop up later True. and uh it's very yeah, it is interesting like al we all scratch our heads why they didn't show more of her like her social game is incredible uh but you know um she would swear like a sailor so perhaps <laughs> you know maybe that didn't come up and like a few of us did um but yeah i, I don't know and some people some people, and I'm not saying this is the case with Odette and Ben because we haven't seen everything, but some people p- potentially don't pop on screen. Mm. Like in auditions they do, but maybe they don't. Or it might have someone like Jared. Like Jared is a beautiful human being, but um, maybe he's too calm and measured in what he says at the moment. So maybe later we'll see more of him. 
Yeah. And there were definitely yeah. large portions of, of your season where Chrissy was just never shown. I feel in the whole middle section, we barely even saw her. Well, so. well and, and, you know, and that's, I, I go back to the thing of, you know, people not making moves or doing anything. Yeah. So there's no reason to show that person if they're not doing anything uh, or they're not a part of any discussions or making any moves. Uh, so that's why uh, with Odette and Ben doesn't mean that they can't win uh, or, or go very far, but maybe at the moment they're not doing too much. The one that I think is getting more invisible now, because at least when somebody's invisible, people are talking about, hey, they're so invisible. So you kind yes. of know that they're there and you're noticing. Like As soon as Ben had that confessional, everyone's like, Ben's uh, talking. So you knew. <laughs> like, Michelle, I keep forgetting Michelle's on this season. So, like, she's, to me, the new invisible one, but... You know, yeah. that's yeah. kind of... Well, we can keep analysing that all we want. Thanks uh, for that <laughs> question, though. Uh, for that one, Jean, uh, Ruth Marie, one of our uh, regulars here, she asked a question. Evan, if you were on this season, who would you align with or want to get out fast? Okay. Well, I don't know whether it's because I love Lee and uh, Al dearly, <laughs> but I, I probably would have tried to saddle up with someone like Mark because Mark's perfect protection. Uh, you got to ride someone like him till the end. Uh, but in terms of teaming up, I I like I like how Peter goes about things. I, I really do like Jared's kind soul, uh, and I like that he's said that he's playing for the underdog. He's playing for everyone that's sort of a bit different than the mainstream, which would be someone like myself. Um, and you know, Tessa, I'd really respect as well. I think anyone that's got their head switched on like that, you can sort of trust and go with. Uh, probably the I generally gravitate to people that I deem as genuine characters in the outside world, uh, and it can be very tough to figure that out when you're out there because you you know you're never fully sure uh, what you're going to get with that. So, um, but there's already you know so geez playing with Luke it'd be fun mm. um, and. But, yeah, I think Mark would have been someone I would have tried to align with at the start just because he is a strong bloke. He is very switched on. And I, I feel sorry for him and Sam because this whole power couple thing's rubbish. It, it needs to be redefined. It needs to be re- defined as male, female, attractive people, <laughs> be, be, you know, with a similar age gap. Because, mm. to be honest, AK and Jared are a power couple, but we're not seeing it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Jackie and Henry are a power couple, but because of their age difference and because, you know, uh, Mark and Sam are the same age and and their their looks, they were seen as that. So I think the power couple's silly. There's power couples everywhere. Like the next tribe, if Lockie and Tara stick together, they're a power couple. Well, I think I think it comes because I think a lot of people mentioned the snuggling. I think even Sam said in our exit interview that she said like everyone was snuggling, so it wasn't the case there. And it, yeah. it, it kind oh, of it's it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Like when people say, "Oh, those two are together," that's outrageous. Everyone pairs up at night, uh, and and people rotate and and all those things. And yes, it is an indication. I always said in confessionals that look look at people who's sitting next to, and that's their alliance. Um, but it's tough, isn't it? Like, for instance, there's always someone you put more time into. I think the ones that do succeed, though, are the ones that don't make it obvious. Yeah. Um, well, that's I will say with Lee and L yeah. last year uh, that I don't think yeah. that was even made note that they perhaps could have even been a couple till right at the end. So, well, I mean, and, 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 the yeah. thing, and the thing is, is that they, they, as much as people asked them at the end, they didn't, there was no romantic thing between them. There was no overt thing like that with those two. So, you know, it's just just uh, love in the end. It was nice that they got that out Yeah, and uh, obviously we know Mark and Sam are together outside of the game, but, I mean, you know, that's just for us uh, trashy podcasts and, uh, you know, gossip websites ask them <laughs> afterwards. So that's just uh, generally what happens. Thanks, Ruth Marie, for your question. Now, um, similar kind of you, you're touching on terms of, like, uh, who you sit with and just things like that. And Mitch asks a two-part question here. The first part says, Evan, you were hilarious in your short, t- short time on the show. Uh, he says, wish oh. you and Des lasted longer from your tribe. He then says, uh, who yes. from your tribe were you most closest to in the game and now outside of it a year later? Oh, wow, that's a tough one. Um, I'd probably say closest with Lee. Um, I connected with him probably in the first 10 seconds. I was fortunate enough to sit next to him on our truck leading in, and actually I was, ironically, I was sitting on the same side as Phoebe and Al, and that was the side 
that have the most impact on my game. And they're probably the ones I'm the most closest to out of all of that from the tribe, actually outside, which is, you know, Phoebe was my demise, uh, but I'm very close with her outside. We keep in touch with each other's mental well-being and how we're going in each other's lives. And um, she's recently moved to Melbourne, which has been great. Uh, but Lee and Al, I'm sending them videos uh, at least once a week. I'm just, you know, driving to work, send them a video, have a bit of a laugh. Um, and, and likewise, they're sending me texts and things like that. So In a Holden, of course. <laughs> yes, in a Holden. We need to mention the Holden. Holden, uh, Australia's great and, car. And dro- Holden, and, and it's being filmed by Drone It, by yes. Lee. He's Drone It Little Business. Um, and Bell of the Ashes for Al. They're filming that at the moment, which is trying to empower young women. Uh, but... Yeah, I'd say Lee's the one that I connected with closest out there and I've got a lot of love and respect for him and I'm, I'm fiercely, fiercely protective of that man because he's a, he's a terrific person and I, uh, I've got a lot of time for, for Al as well. So those, those three Good are probably the ones that I'm closest with but I, I, yeah, I really do have time for all of them in my heart. It's uh, Aganoans for life. Fantastic. Good to hear. Now, Mitch also adds, um, he listened to Des last week on Know It Oz, uh, and he says, did Des buy you new socks, and have you caught up with the legendary Des? Desi and I, you know, we speak every now and then, and in particular when uh, early days when I sort of resurfaced to talk to people, we had quite a few chats. Uh, I haven't got to see Des again just because geographically where we are, but I can't wait to see him again. Um, he's a he's a fantastic man too, and I look forward to the socks. I do. Yes, it, it, it was it was very funny. It was very funny. We're uh, we're set to get him on in a couple of weeks, so I'll be sure to uh, bring that up with him when in, he's uh... in for in for a show. Oh, for I, a show. I, I love that man. I, I've never I've talked to him a few times on Facebook. Yeah. I never had the chance to chat to him more than that. But uh, yeah, definitely definitely love me some Des. Uh, now Julian Groneberg, of course, former Oslo, was on the show a couple of weeks ago doing our recap. Uh, he asked a question: Why did you not tell your tribe? Uh, that you were a drama teacher. And he kind of adds a side note with that. Do you think Henry made a monkey out of himself by telling a porky about being a yoga teacher? Okay. Well, good question. Um, I'll try and be quick with it because I've probably answered it before and people might have heard it before. But uh, there was two reasons. One, because I love Tony Vlachos and mm-hmm. I saw it as a bit of a homage to you know make up a profession. Second thing is I'm a very analytical person and I know people don't rate drama teachers. I know that they're failed waiters. Um, <laughs> but um, you know I've got a sense of humour. I know that. I don't think I'm a Logie winner. Hell, hell who would want to be a Logie winner? Um, but uh, uh, I saw it as that it was a few ways. One, to keep my mind active, that I was sort of lying about something, so I was always switched on about what persona I was showing. And two, if someone said to me out there that they taught other people how to act, regardless of what level, I would find that threatening because I wouldn't be able to trust them because I'd be like, you know how to act. So if lovable, you know, Sammy Webb, mate, Sammy, mate, Chip, he's an actor. If Sammy came out and said that he was an actor, I wouldn't trust him, even though he is a pretty genuine down-to-earth bloke. Um, It's the same as someone said they were a police officer. If, If someone said they were a paramedic, I'd go, well, they're good under pressure. Uh, but I'd probably see them as a very loyal and trustworthy person. So your profession says something. I probably analysed it too much. I do like what uh, Henry went in there with the yoga idea. That was something I thought about, maybe not yoga, uh, but I think that's a good idea to create a persona that you're not a threat. I went in there to, to be a joker. I know I'm naturally funny, but I would often make jokes with Jonathan LaPaglia because I wanted people to see me as not a threat. Uh, and that, you know, he's just a laugh. We'll get, I wanted people to see me a bit like Luke, maybe not as overt as Luke, but that I wasn't a threat. But unfortunately for me, my wit was too quick, and Phoebe and others saw that as a form of intelligence and that um, I was very switched on. So it can go against you. But, uh, no, good on Henry. Good luck to him. Good luck yeah. with that. Interesting, interesting. See, I'd have no trouble saying that I'm a podcast host because basically you're, you're a failed radio host. Clearly, you're only on Survivor to get yourself a radio show. And I'm like, yep, guilty. Uh, so <laughs> they know I wouldn't really want to win the game anywhere I finish as long as somebody, you know, like Tamworth will pick me up as a radio. So I don't know. Um, anyway, Ruben Johnson, uh, who do you think is an underrated player from your season? Apart from yourself, of course, no sucker. Uh, no, that's very <laughs> nice. Um, I think an underrated player. Hmm. Uh, good question. I've got a. I'm scanning through, and I'm thinking back. 
Uh, I, I still think Craig was an underrated player. Yeah, I, I think he's. St- I, I still think he gets an edit. Like, oh, he's just a friendly, lovely guy, and he was unlucky because of the idol out. I don't think people actually talk about how smart he was, and and how much control he had. It was brilliant watching him. The subtlety of his game, and he would have absolutely torn it to shreds if he made it to the merge. Um, he would have been a big target, but he could have done so much damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's very, very underrated. Mm. Uh, I would agree with that. I, I, yeah. I mean, I love Craig. Craig was yeah. awesome. Everything about him. And yeah, I definitely, that underrated mm. gameplay for sure. That's, yeah. and I was mentioning to you off air, had the fact that I kind of just recently watched your season and I'd yeah. seen Craig's edit before, but yeah. like second time around with him again. Yeah. Just the subtleties yeah. of what he was doing. I definitely think yeah. he could have done some yeah. damage. Yeah. No, absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. Thanks, Ruben. Now, a couple here to end it now. Our dear old friend, and again, legitimate person, not me making this up. People don't believe me, but this is legitimate. We have someone who messages in every week called Granny Survivor. Now, uh, like everyone's grandma, she waffles on a little bit, but um, we will see here. Hello, dears. Oh, how wonderful was it to hear from Ben and Adette. Oh, I knew Adette is a cracker. Did you guys notice she was swearing last episode in a challenge? She's killing those challenges. I can't wait to see more of her. Now, with Ben and Adette finally getting screen time and confessionals, dears, I am convinced that half the big characters we have seen are going to go home soon. Henry, Luke, Tara, A.K. Lockie, I am so not sure about these fire-making merges. Obviously, touched on that. For Evan, love watching you on last year's show. I really loved you and Dez the most and was shattered you two guys left. I had you as my winner pick, dear, with Dez Uh, as the season villain. From this uh, season, is there anybody you think is playing similar to you and who would you have made alliances from? We've already touched on that one, but I guess mm. her question is, uh, who do you think is playing similar to you? Uh, I think AK has been a little bit more obvious, but I think his game would have or was similar to mine. Um, I think he was more overt and caught out on that. I was probably a little bit more subtle, uh, even though, you know, I, I tried to do big things and that led to my demise. So I actually think he and I are quite similar uh, personality-wise and probably what our mindset of game was. Uh, and then I'm just trying to think someone else even from the uh, other side. So- but shades of me with Jared as well. I don't, I don't know. I, I think my more genuine... Uh, true side is probably more in line with Jared's personality and how he's going about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you you put Jared and AK together, that's probably me, I think. Good, good comment. Yep. A couple of bit of Luke's one-liners and a bit of witty there too, <laughs> or am I just sucking up now? It's not me calling you a dickhead, Evan, but um, just... Nah, uh... <laughs> nah and, and Benny, mate, stop calling him a dickhead. It's not okay. nice. I will. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. going to send him a message after this and I'm going to get like no, a, no, I'm no, get a I'm message. Not, no, I'm not going to send him a message, but you just got to move, <laughs> you gotta move on from that, man, because it's, it's not the nicest thing to say and he's... I don't think he's a dickhead. Okay, good. All right. Uh, now, she also adds just at the end here, she says, uh, and for Ben from the bottom of my heart, get Des and Craig on the podcast. Well, I just mentioned, obviously, we'll be getting Des on soon and Craig will return as well. Uh, says, my granddaughter told me Craig is in Tasmania, according to Instagram. Have you met this lovely man? Uh, Craig did mention to me he was coming to Tasmania, but I think he was in the north of the state, so I didn't actually get a chance to see him. Mm-hmm. So, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, he went to the north of the state. I don't know, because the north of the state is shit, but hey, cool. <laughs> I'm sure there was something good for him there. Final one here. Uh, now, Sally touches on against something we slightly mentioned. Uh, she says, the tribes are nearly even. If uh, Blue, I'm going to assume that's a Sunger, they're sort of a bluey green, uh, loses the next episode during episode eight, both tribes will be eight each for episode nine. What are the odds that the swap occurs when there are 16 left? Now, I predicted that the swap was going to happen at 18. Mark mentioned on his exit interview that they were talking about the possibility of some sort of swap. Do you think we're going to get a swap? Because, I mean, at this point of your season, we'd had like 30 swaps. We haven't had one yet. So, could that be a twist in itself? uh, It's due. I think it'll happen. And even if it's a weird one, whether it's... They could do a weird one where it's three tribes, even if it's an odd number. Yeah. Who knows? But I, I think something will happen. Even if it's a drop your buffs and we'll stay at similar numbers. Mm, could um, be 15, three tries of five. <laughs> so That's true. Possibly. That's true. The what is. And yeah. the final one here. Now, this is actually an interesting one. I'm glad she brought this up because we touched on this one too, I think, about non-boot episodes. She says, are we sure we are getting non-boot episodes? Seven episodes in, still none. The day count is further than last season at this point, unless mm. swaps and merge plus reunion show count as non-boot episodes. Now, I... 
think we will, because if we are to have 26 episodes, similar to what we did last season, then yep. that means we are two episodes where we need to have no boots. However, they could condense it, given that we do have a live reunion yeah. this time around. So, yep. I'm not sure. And, I, I, look, it's a weird thing to analyse, because it's you shouldn't be having this question. I'm not a fan no. of the non-boot episodes. It's, no. it's Survivor, not uh, The Amazing Race. But yeah, same. it's yeah. kind of, I don't know, do we want to even think about non-boot episodes, Evan, or...? No, I, no. <laughs> I would rather we don't even think about it because it's it's a travesty. Yeah. So it can make good TV, but nah, the, yeah. the games. For purists of the it. show, we don't like it. No, so, no. There no. we go. Sally, no. everyone who sent in questions, we appreciate it. Thank you so yeah. much. Evan, I'm going to say yeah. thank you for joining us, mate. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we could get you on the show. Uh, anything before I let you go that you want to give a shout out? you got some social media or any sort of projects that people can check up on you uh, now that you're out of the show? Uh, give yourself I'm a plug. Not- Okay, I'm not really a self-promoter, but I'll do it if I need to. Yeah, have um, to. It's, it's, it can, my, you know, you have to do on the show. Yeah, <laughs> my, my Instagram handle is uh, Evandalay Jones, as in Art Vandalay, so Evan, D-E-L-A-Y, uh, Jones, J-O-N-E-S. Uh, so that's it. Uh, Instagram. Um, I've got a footy podcast, AFL footy podcast that I do. Who's your team? Oh, I'm an Essendon fan, so... Oh, you shouldn't tell yeah, me that. Unless you tell me that yeah. at the end of the episodes, I can nearly hang up. Yeah, exactly. It's all good. Uh, um, Carlton's a porter, I can't talk. We suck, so it's all good. <laughs> that's The link to that's in my bio, but it's the back pocket, and it's through SoundCloud. Lovely green logo, so... Beautiful. Yeah. We'll check yep. it out. We'll check it out. Evan, it's been a lot of fun, mate. Thank you so much. Good luck with it all, and uh, I'm sure we'll do it again. We'll get you on, and uh, who knows? We'll all get uh, holding ads. I'll get you on with Luke so you can sit down and call <laughs> me a dickhead for an hour. How does that sound? <laughs> no, no, not at all. That's all good. Um, thanks for that, bud. And no, I appreciate the talk and, and the listeners, and keep watching. It's a great show. And there we go. Evan Jones from Season 4 of Australian Survivor. Season 3, I should say. Uh, this is Season 4 that we're watching, or Season 1, again, whatever you want to classify. I will say, I'm going to just go out and limb and just keep calling it season three because uh, one of our former Auslets, Cable, uh, talking to him during the week, hello Cable if you're listening, made a very good point in terms of those who I guess um, dismiss season one and season two as never having happened. And he made a very good point in that he, he has to classify it as a Survivor fan because there were 16 people on season one and, what, 12 people on season two who went out there into the elements, lived on the land, and it was not their fault whether the show was a success or not. It wasn't their fault that the show was edited poorly or, you know, not well received by the fans. They still put themselves on the line to risk it all, to play the game of Survivor, to win it. So we should definitely recognise that those exist. And I think that's the the perfect way, (coughs) excuse me, of looking at it. Um, so for that reason, from now on, uh, in, in honor of Cable's opinion, uh, I definitely think that, uh, we will now officially refer to season three, season four, and there's no debate around it. I think it's a good way of looking at it. And I mean, on that, I will tease in just a few moments in terms of who we've got coming on the show next week. But, um, as always, I will say with all of our episodes, be it, uh, Australian Survivor episodes, some of our movie ones that we're doing, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Please leave us some feedback, rate us. Even if you think our show is ridiculously shit, you can give us one star. We're not going to take offence to it. We're just going to probably, like, look at you, you know, who you are and find you and stuff like that. Not really. Uh, But uh, we would appreciate any feedback along the lines there. Not on iTunes. You can, of course, use Stitcher, Spotify. We are on those services. And to stay up to date with who we've got on the show and other content that we've got going, obviously, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, And uh, that's how you can stay up to date because obviously outside of Australian Survivor where we're covering other TV shows, movies, we've got a lot of great stuff coming along. But just for Australian Survivor fans, next week on the show, um, I mentioned season one before. We obviously had Lance on the show last week from the very first season of Australian Survivor. I tease that we've got some other people lined up and I'm beyond excited for next week's guest because I think you would have heard us with Lance and uh, something, you know, that generally people will talk about when they remember the very first season of Australian Survivor, you generally remember three or four people from the season. That's obviously Rob, the winner. Uh, people usually remember Shonya, um, Sconya. I've, I've already forgotten how to pronounce her name. Sorry, Lance, if you're listening. Generally, Joel. The other person, of course, is Katie Gold. Now, Katie, fourth place on that season. We talked about her last week with Lance, just how she uh, acted in that final episode, one of the greatest final episodes of Survivor you will ever see. We've tracked down Katie. Katie's coming on the show next week to talk about Survivor. 
I am so excited because I'm a huge Katie fan. Um, and if you if you have no idea about Katie, just go online, go to YouTube, type in Australian Survivor Season 1 or Australian Survivor 2002. Go to the last episode, the finale of Australian Survivor Season 1. You really only have to wait about five, ten minutes to see just her reactions that she has uh, going off at Rob. It is just incredible TV. And um, it's it's really fascinating to watch. So I'm looking forward to getting Katie on the show to to talk about her season, to talk about her thoughts on on current Survivor, uh, and just everything else in between. Huge fan of hers, and it's going to be a great chat. So stay tuned today. If you've got any questions for Katie, get them in now. We obviously will post on the weekend that we've got her on the show. So uh, be sure to to stay up to date with that. Exit interviews, of course, will happen every time there's an elimination on Australian Survivor, given that we just talked to Evan, of course, about the possibilities of non-elimination episodes. If there are non-elimination episodes, clearly we won't have exit interviews the next day, but uh, just stay tuned. You're obviously aware there's an exit interview. If somebody gets voted out, it's pretty simple. If you've got any questions for those uh, booted out contestants, you can, of course, always shoot them through to us and we will um, we will put them to them. Uh, we generally put one to them, but we still choose the best one out of them to put there. Uh, we appreciate all your support, everybody who listens to us, who's commented, messaged us, tweeted us, retweeted us, uh, anything along those lines. Um, it's great. It's great that we can continue to do this. Um, I keep mentioning, I think, in sort of our uh, exit interviews and some other ones that we are the longest current running uh, podcast in Australia that covers Survivor, um, and I think that is still the case. Uh, obviously, we're under a different name to what we used to be, but we've been going strong since uh, 2011. We're approaching our sixth year uh, doing this of continuous coverage. So, um, yeah, we appreciate any long-term listeners who've been there since day one, and for those who have discovered us along the way, we welcome you aboard on the ride because we realise there's literally about 738 uh, Australian Survivor podcasts out there now. About 617 of them have the word Oz in them now. And uh, we're probably about the 616th most popular out of those. So um, we, we'll take it. Uh, but we obviously, um, from the bottom of our heart, uh, thank you for everybody who who tunes in on, on a regular basis or just discovered this one. I thought, hey, cool, I like Evan, but I hate that guy, Ben. Um, you know, thanks for at least sticking to this point of the show, even though Evan left about five minutes ago. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned to the Oz Network. As I said, we've got some great other shows that we're doing. Our third watch and nip tuck ones are happening every single week. We have our Day of the Dead recap coming for you on Thursday. We've been, uh, obviously looking back at, uh, the life of George Romero since he sadly lost and now our Living Dead trilogy that we conclude with Day of the Dead. Colin and I do that one. And we've got some very exciting movies coming up for you movie fans, um, in terms of our coverage for the remainder of the year. Uh, when it comes to September, we're doing a special anniversary month. So we're basically looking at four films that are celebrating various anniversaries. So we've got two films celebrating their 20th anniversary in Titanic and Face Off. We're doing a 25th anniversary for White Men Can't Jump and a 30th anniversary for Dirty Dancing. That's right. Colin and myself are doing two chick flicks in Titanic and Dirty Dancing. Look forward to our opinions on that. And in the lead up to the Justice League movie, we'll be looking at uh, some of the DC comic book films. We're not going to tell you which ones we're going to be doing, but uh, stay tuned for that. And then, of course, the big one this year uh, is, of course, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. And in the lead up to Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi being released, we'll be doing a special Star Wars month. And not necessarily the ones that you may be thinking that we'll be covering. So um, stay tuned for that. Lots coming on the Oz Network. We're busy, busy people here. And uh, we love bringing you this content. And once again, I'm going to keep sucking up to you because you're the guys and girls who basically make this show possible. Because you listen. If we put this up every week and so we're getting zero listeners, we wouldn't do it. Mind you, we probably would, at least me, because we've got no other life. But uh, thank you so much for listening we really, really do appreciate it. Once again to Evan, thank you so much for his time. Thank you, everybody, tuning into the Oz Network. We'll be back next week to continue our coverage of Australian Survivor Season 4. Until then, my name's been Ben. Thank you for your company, and good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.